spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. Well, this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 491. I don't know why I started to stall out on episode on the word episode. Episode. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And uh, maybe we'll get through an episode without me being, I don't know, completely incompetent in speaking. Oh, wait. One of us is going to definitely fail on that level, so. I've already done it. Oh, yeah. Starting strong. Mm-hmm. Woo! All right, so uh, before we start the show, I would like to invite you to uh, come hang out with us at our uh, closed Facebook group. I don't know what it's for, but uh, we've thrown a few things up there, and um, if I'm being honest, we do check those comments before we check the Facebook page. Less riffraff, you know? Thank <laughs> God, like, oh, these, yeah. these people in our Facebook group, we know these people. Yeah. The Facebook page, just anybody just likes that thing willy-nilly. Comes in and throws some stuff at us with it. Yeah, I get it. And they come in yelling at us. Ah! It's fine. <laughs> we don't like anything but the Batman cereal. Yeah. All right. I, well, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I might see one day there. Who knows? Live in a world anyway. of possibilities. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, yeah, you can go check us out at the Facebook group. And um, I think I have a... Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Here's the HTML. Uh, not the HTML, the URL... Wow, I'm bad at this today. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash DC on screen podcast. Don't just do DC on screen because that's a weird pseudo porn thing. DC on screen podcast. And, uh, or you can just go into the show notes. There will be a link waiting for you there. Like a lover waits in a bed for you to come embrace them. In DC cosplay. Like our <laughs> right. name, Cheryl. <laughs> I, I do see how it got there with that. I do. <laughs> Yeah, it's real weird. Once upon a time, I thought I remembered looking at that and going, oh, and then looking and there were like news, like news related stuff that would be posted. And no, no, that's not what's happening anymore. Right. That got lowest common denominator very quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, you can also leave us a voicemail. We've got a couple of people who left us voicemails in this episode, and we're going to play those later. And if you call 205-259-6331, chances are, if you do that and you leave a voicemail, it's going to be on the show. Every once in a while, something weird happens. We just had something weird happen today. First time I've had this one, where it actually just like rang my personal number, mm-hmm. and then like became a voicemail on my phone, and it was all corrupt. <laughs> and I knew who did it, so I, I kind of messaged that dude and went. It was uh, it was uh, Jordan Valdez, of the Multiverse Musings podcast. I messaged him and said, "Hey man, could you send us that again? Because weird things be a happening." Yeah. Anyway, uh, right into the news. If you're good with that, do you want to talk about anything? You, you got anything on your heart, man? No, no. I <laughs> barely stopped to think. <laughs> All right. So. Sources are telling Variety that Jared Leto is all set to headline and executive produce an untitled standalone Joker film. Huge news that dropped this week. Um, it's, that's going to be paving the way for future movies branching from Suicide Squad, according to the, to, to the article. We don't have any plot details. We don't have a writer. We don't have a director, a production start date. But according to the article... Warner Brothers wants to expand on the world created by Suicide Squad and tie into future installments of that property. What do you think about that, man? Fine with it. You're fine with it? <laughs> You're fine with it? Just fine with it. <laughs> not excited, not upset? No, no I mean, uh, just... I, honestly, I think some of the stuff we've, <laughs> some of the response we've seen to this, saying I'm fine with it, could get me lynched. <laughs> <laughs> we we've gotten some really interesting feedback about this. Uh Jason Smith over on in the Facebook group actually said uh there were parts of Jared Leto's portrayal I liked a lot. I'm just not a fan of his look. Uh, his acting was good enough at parts that it distracted me from how he looked. <laughs> I mean, um <laughs> it's a weird look to get used to, but it is. The the main thing that I was excited about. Mhm. And Again, we we started by saying, according to sources via Variety, we don't mm-hmm. know. But this is a you know hold your horses kind of event, but it's in development. Yeah, yeah. Um, which to some so people f- is like saying, like, dude, I'm gonna send the check. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's a phrase that we that we say a lot and we hear a lot doing this. Yeah. Just it's in development. Yeah, doesn't mean it's gonna happen. No, but if it's being truly developed, I. The thing I said about him more than anything else was I want to see more of where that kind of guy comes from. I liked I liked mm-hmm. that it was original take. I love. I mean, like he had so many iconic takes before him. Yeah. I, it, he couldn't go back and do. I mean, he couldn't go back and do Nicholson or some crap. Like we'd have all been pissed about that. So he comes out and does an original performance that's absolutely a new take on the character, and I got pissed about that instead. Yeah. I don't know what I the right answer was. If you're Jared Leto, I have no idea. But. <laughs> I do want to see. I, I wanted more time with him. Like I remember you saying mm-hmm. that you've had exactly as much or as little time as you could possibly want with him. Like you, you, you were like, if I never see him again, that's okay. <laughs> if I see him again, I guess we'll do that. You were very much like mid range with it. Yeah, but, I could, I could take him or leave him. Um, I, I kind of want to take him. I like, I want to see more of where that uh, weird little thing came from. Yeah. Now, uh, Effie Opelders of stealing the remote. Uh, Again, on our Facebook group, says, give it to me, all of it. I want all of it. Mm-hmm. Josh McKay says, it all depends on the story they want to tell with Mr. J, but I enjoyed the Leto version um, enough to give it a shot. Four Steps Painting 
on Twitter says, my least favorite of any Joker, live or animated, mm-hmm. but of course I will still go watch it. <laughs> I mean, that's the reality. We're going to watch this thing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Brandon Bam on Twitter gives us a Chuck Norris thumbs up. Nerdy Tastic gives us a Simon Cowell. It's a no from me. So, you know, it's very divisive still. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't share this this viewpoint but this was too funny i had to say i had to put this down Mm -hmm. uh ryan blasey over on the facebook page says please if true let let's make a movie about the worst joker yet the joker that watched one too many little wayne videos (laughs) and i had never put that really together i don't think and i for some reason i just i had to put it down though because Lil Wayne is one of those things just like every time I see the guy, he cracks me up. I think Lil Wayne jokes are just really funny. And absolutely I can see the I can see the the, the comparison there. Yeah. The um Um <laughs> Now, buddy, it maybe I don't know if this is gonna be an origin story, but uh-huh. maybe you get to see some pre some pre Lil Wayne. Get, I would hope so. Get to see him a like, little less I, pimped out. I don't know. I did. I liked Leto's Joker enough to watch more. And kind of look forward to it. Yeah, I've like, said before, I'm, I'm really, like I, I, I don't want to be like fist pump in the air yet. Yeah, I, mean, I want a no. production date before I do that. But yeah, this Absolutely. could be exciting. I, I could get into it. God, people already hate me probably for that. <laughs> well, I've said before, he is my least favorite Joker in any medium. But as I've said before, we've honestly been spoiled for Jokers. Like we've had like some of the greats. Um, I dislike his look more than anything, but they really could go anywhere with with him. Um. I mean, I've seen the Joker, we've seen the Joker in the comics described as changing styles and personalities at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So, like, really, there's no telling what they could do. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to hold my breath on getting I mean, a new you version. can't change the teeth and the tats at the drop of a hat. Like, this, we're committed to that. Stylistically, we're committed to this version. <laughs> I, I think that's probably where we're going to get. Yeah. Um, but I do think it makes sense, and it is exciting to start, I think, in my mind, to start creating little bubbles of continuity to like interact more often under a interact more often and then have those under a larger umbrella cannon. I think that is like, that's a, that could be like a really cool, interesting way to tackle the uh, cinematic universe concept. Like here's X amount of films that interact heavily with suicide squad here. Are y amount of films that deal with Batman here, you know, Z amount of films that deal with Superman and his, you know, continuities. His, you know, not continuities, his stories. The thing is, I kind of want him to do it by something that, that I would love, taking on, uh, I don't know, taking from what you're saying. The pockets mm-hmm. idea. Like, I I like the idea of the Suicide Squad pocket. I think it's odd because critically, it's hard to decide which film went over worst with, with the DCU. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but as far as fan response, which is even harder to judge right now, I, like, I don't know. I, like, a lot of people really like Suicide Squad. I think a lot more people that got to watch the extra 13 minutes probably enjoyed the film more. Mm-hmm. Or at least you would. If you haven't given it a chance, please watch it with the 13 minutes. Please actually watch that version. It makes more sense sometimes. Like, WB has been destroying these films with, with editing. But if, it, like, there was a lot of interesting characters in there. I mean, it was very it was an ensemble film. There's plenty to play with here. And I like the idea of the pockets. And I, what I kind of wish they'd do is, like, give people control of the pockets for, like, a limited time. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, I want to make about two or three films with kind of this group of characters, maybe three, five, whatever. Depends on who you got. We're going to see where it goes. (laughs) You're kind of in charge of this pocket. And then over here, hey, you're kind of in charge of this pocket. And then at the end of like 10 years, which you can do now because we've had these universes last so long that we can plan in those terms. 
Just grab mm-hmm. somebody like Scott Snyder or Jeff Johns who can kind of take on a whole convoluted universe and say, all right, here's how it all fits together. And just yeah. to have them put a pretty freaking bow on it. But don't don't give them a plan. Just let them be the creative person who says, here's how this all works. Let me show you. Yeah. Like, let I mean, of the course, if somebody, really, if somebody really like runs away with it, like, you know, James Gunn with Guardians, of course he had something of a say in, in Infinity War, you know? Like it's a bit of a meritocracy. Like when when your film goes over really well and the cells are there, your vote counts more. Yeah, even if that. I mean, and as I understand it, James James Gunn really just all he really had to say about it was like, eh, that character wouldn't say that. Let's yeah. change that. Well, they but they gave him the dialogue and said, you know, make it sound right, and he, mm-hmm. which was a good call. I mean, a really good that call good on the call. studio's part to like, yeah. hey, you know their voice better than anybody. What? How would he phrase this? Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- I think this makes sense. Uh, it makes sense with what they're doing. We already know that they've got a Harley Quinn girl gang film, which is uh, may or may not be Birds of Prey. I hearing more and more that it's Birds of Prey, uh, but that's in the works with Margot Robbie and Kathy Yan. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely fits with that kind of news. Um, before we jump to this next thing, that also goes along with with this branching out from Suicide Squad and um, glomming onto the to the villains of DC Universe. There, it was a big question. Like a lot of people, I saw a lot of people saying, "Like, well, what does this, you know, what does this Jared Leto Joker movie uh, say about the Scorsese Todd Phillips origin Joker film with uh, Joaquin Phoenix?" And uh, I didn't know yesterday. Deadline reported it today, though, that it is still in development. Yeah. So and we've the the limbo <laughs> that is development. <laughs> yep. But um, Warner Brothers released an interesting uh, bit of bio. For um for DC Films President Walter Hamada on their website this week, and I really only want to get into the first paragraph of this thing because the rest is just Hamada's past projects and accomplishments, and we've covered that to death. Hmm. Um, but this first pre- paragraph is interesting. It says Walter Hamada is president, DC-based film production, Warner Brothers Pictures. In this role, he oversees. Uh, Warner Brother Pictures' slate of films based on superheroes and supervillains from DC. Like, they actually went out of their way to say supervillains. Say so we're going to have anti-hero films here. Uh-huh. And maybe worse. As, as well as titles based on other characters and stories also licensed from DC, including its Vertigo and Mad Magazine imprints. Hamada draws upon resources from across both Warner Brothers Pictures and New Line Cinema and works closely with Jeff Johns. President and Chief Creative Officer, DC Entertainment. So yeah, I just wanted to point out that this confirms that they are pushing towards doing more with DC's villains. And why shouldn't they? They have like the most popular villains in comic book history. Seriously, yeah. And I wanted to clarify that his role is according to Warner Brothers, because we even have trouble remembering these things with all the role shifts, Mm -hmm. that Jeff Johns is still working closely with Walter Hamada as Chief Creative Officer which means he has a hell of a say in what goes on in DC films. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm great with that. <laughs> now he brought in vertigo and on top of all that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. You want a, uh, you know, you want that Sandman film. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't, I want an H I want an HBO show. Let's, I mean, I want like, I want a premium cable premium. Content. Actually, I hadn't thought about it. Sandman show. You're, you're right. I do. I, I think I would like that show. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think it has the mainstream uh, appeal that would be necessary for, like, I think it would get, like, one Dude. weird, like, f- 
cookie cutter formula MCU slash uh, half ass David Ayer attempt. That's why I'm saying I'm okay with what you're <laughs> pitching, and I want Noah Lawley. <laughs> I want the Legion guy. Hmm. I don't think you're going to get him for a while. No, he's busy. They just renewed season three. He's very busy. But he is very busy. Dude, he could wreck a Sandman series. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's I I don't want I want to try to put some things in perspective here. Because I don't like Jared Leto's look, and I'm iffy on his version of the Joker. But I was talking to uh our, our buddy Christopher White today, and mm-hmm. he was just bummed out by the news. And he says, you know, I don't really I don't want to see that that version of the Joker ever again. I, I don't want to go see this movie. Why can't they understand like who is actually who actually wants to go see Jared Leto as the Joker in this version? And my response was our replacements essentially. Like we're we have a certain thought about what the Joker is. And yeah, Heath Ledger blew us away. We didn't we didn't expect that. But more often than not, like if like people who are younger than us, like the people who go to Hot Topic, the people who are on Tumblr, they're drawing Leto. <laughs> yeah. There's Leto all over Tumblr, man. Like, it, th- this isn't about us. We're 35. Yeah. It's time for us to step away. Like, our wants don't matter anymore. Like, they're worried about these kids over here on Tumblr. Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is, like, the most popular thing ever. Oh, God. I mean, you, you saw the Halloween sales for even the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. And there were, a whole, there were a whole lot of Jared Leto jokers out there. Yeah. Whether anybody wants to admit it or not. And you know what? That's fine. Because we'll always have our version of the Joker. We'll have our Mark Camels, our Jack Nicholsons, our Heath Ledgers. You know, I've seen a lot of people saying stuff like they should hang, they should retire the role of the Joker after Heath Ledger. Bullshit. Oh, that was never going to (laughs) happen. I like what the guy did. That was. He wasn't my favorite, though. Never going to happen. I mean, there's a better chance of James Bond being retired. And that's not happening either. No. So anyway. No, I mean, you, you, I think you're on point, though. Like, we had our version, we had our time, and we're not necessarily the demographic anymore. They might they might swing back, but that's dependent on what the demographic wants. Not us. That's about right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, you're, you're trying to catch a slightly different generation and crowd. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. Like, it's okay to kind of, I don't know, I... I in a way, I love it because it encourages you to, you know, find some nuance in something new that you you didn't see before. And in ten years, there'll be another Joker, and we, you know, you can love or hate that. You know, talk you can, you probably will. A lot of people probably hate it. Yeah. And you know, it, <laughs> in ten years, the Joker will probably just be an android. Who knows? I don't fucking know. And, right. And I've said this before. I have. I've said this before. Here's the thing: if you if you're sitting there going like, why can MCU do this? Do all the things they do. Everyone loves it. It's not divisive. And and DC can't get it right. They've had too many versions of the characters. When MCU starts to really get into like reboots, recastings, like super hardcore, they're gonna see that all night and all day. Yeah. People like, no, oh, Robert Downey Jr. was better. Well, sure, because you were like ten when he started. <laughs> like <laughs> that was your Robert. Down- that I mean, was that was your, your Iron Man. Yeah. Um, we're we're gonna see that with Marvel in a few years. We're seeing that with DC and have been for several years. It's just. The nature of the beast. Oh yeah, it happens. Those um, and it it works in different formats too. Like those uh, graphic audio, you know, audio books that I enjoy. Uh-huh. And the Marvel ones where they actually have Iron Man, they've got. I mean, it's an RDJ sound alike. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of thing they do, though. They draw people to look like the people that are doing well. I mean, Dead- <laughs> there's a fun example. Deadpool number one came out, like, this week or last week, mm-hmm. where he's he's trying to intentionally reboot his origin story. And there's even a joke <laughs> yeah. in there where, like, his, his sidekick right now is Megasonic Teenage Warhead. And mm-hmm. he kind of jokes about, yeah, because, you know, some film arbitrarily paired us together, so that's happening now. <laughs> right? That that happens, though. It's true. That's one of the reasons you like a character like Deadpool. They can make fun of the medium and still be cool. Yep. So, but, yeah. yeah. It's I, just built know, into what the... It's built into the things we love, so it's something we kind of have to find a way to make peace with. I don't mean to preach, man. I just, you know, that's something I would even tell Warner Brothers. I'd say, like, you guys are so worried and so concerned about, like, not hitting those MCU numbers. Give it a minute. Yeah. What's our tagline? Give them a minute. At some point, Marvel is going to, like, be, start getting real divisive. Yeah. I mean, it has. <laughs> like, you saw Iron Man 3's response. Yeah. And that's not even, like, Pretty that's not even divisive. a big deal. Yeah. It'll happen. It'll happen hardcore. Yeah. The, um, yeah. I, I, I think you hit the important point there here. It's like, just come on. Wait for it. Give these people a chance to work it out. We're all going to, like, find something we love or hate about the new versions as they go. Yeah. All right. So, uh, <laughs> it actually even, you've pointed this out before. Mm-hmm. It actually fits the comic books a lot, though. Cause, like, come on. It, it, somebody, there's a new writer on a book you've been following for how long, and suddenly the character's a little different. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely. very meta in that way. It, all right, so we have, we have this mysterious Twitter source, Daniel RPK, who says he's a writer. We've talked about this guy uh, last week, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's back at it. He says this time to take it with a grain of salt, especially since San Diego Comic-Con plans are pretty fluid, mm-hmm. undulating, some might say. Uh, he expects, though, an Aquaman trailer at Comic-Con, a full panel for that film, a teaser for Shazam, a first look for Cheetah and Wonder Woman, and he's heard that Ben Affleck and Matthew Reeves are going to appear on stage together in a show of solidarity over the new Batman film. Uh, plus, Warner Brothers is apparently going to be revealing an updated official film slate. That all sounds exciting. I want every bit of that. It all, I hope it's all true. They all just sound like, even if the guy's talking out of his ass, those are good guesses. Those are pretty good guesses. By the way, this guy also just like posted, randomly posted um, a picture of... John Stewart Green Lantern from Injustice without the Injustice 2 uh, logo, mm-hmm. which, you know, seems to mean like, oh, yeah, we're, we're doing John Stewart. Like, that's about to be a, that's about to be a that's something. That's going to pop up. I don't know. Guys, don't worry. So um, here's the thing, and I don't know. It might be bittersweet at this point because I thought we've made our peace. But uh, DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers Consumer Products President Diane Nelson is officially leaving Warner Brothers after 22 years with the company. Um, we, we reported a few months ago in March that she had been, she was going to take a leave of absence to, to deal with some family issues. And, um, now she's actually given her resignation. So, uh, Thomas Gawecki, the digital, uh, chief digital officer and executive, executive, uh, vice president of strategy and business development at Warner brothers, Mm -hmm. uh, who has been filling in, will continue to for now. And, um, going to continue overseeing, the uh, management executive management team, Jim Lee, Jeff Johns, Dan DiDio, and Amit Desai. And uh, Pam Lifford is uh, reporting to Sujihara on behalf of Warner Brothers Consumer Products. Um, don't know what's going on Pro with her. Pro tip for him, don't report to Sujihara. Right. Um, Just do what you think is best. Leave him out. Send him fake memos. Don't, 
Right. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know what's going on with her. I, I, I wish for the best, you know. I We don't agree with all, a few of the stances she's made. Uh, and you said she was your nemesis for a while, and that was an ongoing joke. But, um, yeah. Slash reality. Yeah. Mainly because of her of her uh, belief that they shouldn't have uh, she was characters the in the shows that are in the movies. She was the IP should be one place in one place only. Right. And, which and we then she, always thought was inane. And she yes, backed I, up on that quite a bit. Yeah, she did, but still. Like, she's the reason you don't have Deadshot on Arrow. She's the reason you got a tease mm-hmm. for Harley Quinn and not a real one. Like, that that was her time, her era. Um, or at least what she was saying. Like, I don't know if they're going to continue with that or if that's just from some other place in the company that she was just the mouthpiece for. Maybe. Who knows? Could be. Um, so, remember last week we talked about Peter Jackson, the big rumor that Peter Jackson was either going to be doing a Lord of the Rings series for Amazon. Right. Or some sort of DC movie. Uh, he was talking to Alucine. He says, it's not true. I have not had any discussions about it. I'm not a fan of comics. I've never read it. And so it's not me. I'm not particularly interested in adapting one to the cinema. It's not true at all. A DC film and the series Lord of the Rings is done without me, but I'm happy. I have plenty of other projects that take up my time. So he's just calling bullshit on both. He's like, I'm not doing Lord of the Rings. I'm not doing DC. Leave me the hell alone. All of you are screwed. I've got this other world I'm building involving some tractors. I'm not Giant, sure what's going on with that. Is, is like, uh, some tractors? Some fantasy tractors. <laughs> fantasy tractors. Dude, I, I I don't know. I saw that trailer for those giant tank thing. I, I, yeah. I don't know how to feel. Like, in one hand, I'm like, ah, that's some Mad Max bullshit I got no time for. But then... <laughs> And then I'm also looking at it going, that really does look badass. Like, I kind of want to understand the mechanics of this world, though, a little bit. Like, <laughs> I kind of want to know what's going on. Oh, I'm assuming you watched the actual trailer with sound, like a human. <laughs> I watched it at 4.30 this morning with no sound, confused. <laughs> I watched it at about 5.30 a couple of mornings ago with no sound. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay, good. So like, you understand bed, like, the... Yeah. Deeply confusing, like, aftermath of watching what I'm again going to call the fantasy tractors. Yeah, I, I kind of woke up and was like, uh, Mad Max bullshit. I didn't think In Mad Max bullshit. Notice, I just kind of thought, I don't know what the hell kind of world he's building, but, I, and, but I, what it, are we it, doing it, here? It caught my attention enough that I kept watching it. I did. I watched the whole and thing. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, what Peter is Jackson. This? It was this looks... visually uh, stunning. Of course. Of course it was. Yeah. As, as I watched it, I was going, this is actually kind of cool and by the end i was like what the hell is this i'm not sure how i, feel. I might like, even I'm watch so this conflicted. trailer with sound at some point <laughs> and then i got distracted yeah a butterfly flew by my window yeah but, I, I don't um, know what to make of that but he's busy that's the point he's busy he does not I'm need a job with him. here's the thing i am perfectly happy with people like peter jackson doing original films like we need more of that in the world. Yeah, and even original world building. I I applaud that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm also uh, okay I'm, I'm with for that. like I'm also okay when they bring in big names to mess with you know one of the films in a franchise. It's kind of fun. Shake it up. Yeah, see what's it going is. on. Like we've still got a Spielberg well, thing in development over on our side. Come on, that could be yeah. really Black interesting. Hawk. But you know, like as exciting as it is to think, like, oh man, Spielberg, he does you know period pieces really well. He's gonna do Blackhawk. That's pretty cool, right? And then you just kind of go, you stop yourself and you go, that is the most boring thing he could have decided to do. I completely agree. Not because Black Hawk is boring, but because 
God, how obvious is that for Steven Spielberg? <laughs> like, dude, stretch your legs a little. <laughs> I know it's also the guys that the guy that gave us like Close Encounters in ET. Surely he'd man, come on, he, give he, me a Martian he, film, dude. Give me, give me a man. He stretched film. a little too much. He stretched in the eighties. Yeah, that was what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> now the legs are retracting. <laughs> like now, like old warplanes. Why? Why? Why is that where you like decided to rest? That's where he he's War of the Worlds. I guess he's. Uh, yes, he did War of the Worlds. He's one of those people that just like habitually turns on the History Channel now. Mm. Even though I, I hear it doesn't actually do any history anymore. I haven't watched it in a long time. But back in my day, uh, some 15, 20 years ago, it was just every time you saw, every time you, like, if you went to that channel, I swear, if you went to that channel four times a day, one of those times, they were going to be talking about, like, that you were going to see a picture of an old-timey tank, and it was probably going to involve how clever Rommel was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was actually, like, yeah, a, a history channel. Another mm-hmm. one time a day, be some kind of, like... You know, pick your Civil War battle kind of thing. Now, I don't know what they're up to. I haven't seen it in a long time. Right. I don't have cable, man. I don't know anything. Yeah. But you know what it reminds me of is... Uh, Proud cord cutter. Several years, several years ago, when uh, the Star Trek franchise was still chugging along on television, mm-hmm. uh, this is like late 90s, early 2000s, you know, the ratings were dropping on Voyager. Fans were complaining like, oh man, it's just, it's gotten so stagnant and so boring. It doesn't feel like science fiction anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, Rick Berman, the the successor to uh, to Roddenberry's Empire, as far as producing Star Trek films and, and television series, was was giving this interview, and they were asking him like, "Oh, what science fiction shows do you do you do you watch?" And he like almost scoffs. He's like, "Oh, I don't watch science fiction." They're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what do you watch?" He goes, "Oh, Discovery Channel." <laughs> <laughs> And, like, if you look back into his history, like, I've listened to interviews with this dude. By the way, it's, it's shameful. This dude will sit there and, like, rattle off incorrect character names from shows that he was integral in, in deciding the creative fate of. He doesn't remember anything about Star Trek The Next Generation. Or he, does, he still, like, scoffs at the notion that the fans got mad that he had a phaser come out of a torpedo port. Mm. But, <laughs> 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 but, like... Where he was and what he was doing before he came to Star Trek was like doing like Discovery Channel like documentaries. And I'm just like, oh man, what? How? How did you even get sucked into Star Trek, man? You didn't belong there at all. You helmed that shit for 30 years. Mm. Anyway, that's another channel. I don't know what they're up to now. You don't know what it, what is up? Discovery. What? I I don't know what to make of them. But I, I um, that was years ago where I lost track of them because it, uh, eventually, like uh, originally, it was kind of a Discovery Channel like nature, blah blah blah. It was like a a, mm-hmm. a whole channel devoted to kind of a National Geographic, uh, you know, magazine, and you could you could tune in any given day and and you know watch a cheetah chase down an antelope or something. And it, it's yep, exactly. That was exactly what I was gonna say. As far as I know, every time I've ever turned on the Discovery Channel, it's always been like. A cheetah chasing a gazelle. No, no. See, that was that was true in our youth. And then when you when you went past that, you got to another point. And I swear, like you fast forward like seven or eight years, and it's half the time I turned it on. It was like this time we'll find Bigfoot. <laughs> I just I just remember every time I turn it on, it was like, oh, there goes a zebra. Like he's getting he's getting taken down. Like just malicious bone, it, you know. 
gnawing. Yeah, and it was brutal. Mauling. It was brutal. And I, then I still remember every it. once in a while I'd turn it on and I'd be lucky and it would be just be like two ferrets getting getting it on, you know, in the in the tall grass. <laughs> like, oh, something something less killing. And you could, awesome. And you could almost hear like the seventies porn music. Which was still considered relatively current music at the time we're talking about. Right. And and you hear like the weird perverted like guy, the the tour on the he's like, Look at them. Look at the male. Mm-hmm. Look at how he's flustering his chest. Oh, oh, his chest is swelling. That means he's about to drop a load. And you're like, oh, dude, like you're getting this weird. <laughs> Anyone ferrets. can access this channel. For goodness sake. What the hell's man. wrong with you? Some decor. <laughs> no, I right. promise you, man. At some point, it, it like I remember like a whole stage of the Discovery Channel where it was just like mini series about chasing, you know, we're going to find a giant squid this time. I promise you, 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 you <laughs> didn't, you didn't. Uh, huh. <laughs> oh, we're coming for you. Nessie. You didn't find it. It's like uh, discovery channel this week. We're doing nothing but, uh, James Cameron and a little sub looking around for shit on the Titanic. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, can we not? Yeah. Hey, I see a spoon, a spoon. <laughs> All right, so dear gosh, we got to get back to this. Wish probably. Uh, a fan asked James Wan on Twitter when we should expect to see a trailer for Aquaman. Wan responded, "Whispers soon." I'm still saying SDCC. Uh, it's I would a assume. good guess. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, so in an interview with the Film Riot podcast via uh, Heroic Hollywood, mm-hmm. David F. Sandberg was talking about Shazam, of course, because that's what he's directing right now. Sure. And his and favorite thing to do in the world, apparently. He was talking about how there were a few iterations of the Shazam costume. He says, you ha- you sort of have to keep changing stuff, even after we started shooting, because you realize things. You shoot the first scene, and Zach is like, you know, I can't move my hands properly with these gauntlets. So we had to redesign that. Or like the boots kept falling apart. So it's like, oh, well, I guess we have to do something different <laughs> That's there. That's not going to work. <laughs> it was sort of a constant process of updating and making it work better. And uh, he also talks about shooting the the costume on different light in different lights, you know. Uh, and he says you shoot the fabric with different lights before you even have the costume. You test fabric samples with different patterns on them and all that. His lightning bolt lights up, so there was a lot of a lot to test to that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, there was a lot of test to get that right. <laughs> um. He also confirms that the movie is set during the winter. Set photos would seem to confirm that, yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, on this one, I was just like, yeah, I want this to be a classic superhero movie. It takes place in the winter, so it's a lot of dark exteriors, but with a lot of colorful lights and stuff around them. That sounds great to me. Yep. I don't know. I can deal with that. Did he uh, also... He says, this will be very different than what I've done in the feature space because it's not a horror movie and it's a much lighter tone, but it's something that I look forward to trying out, even though I plan to return to horror in some fashion. Uh, but I, I'm hoping this doesn't mean, though, that like the final big boss battle or whatever will just be like nondescript background, nondescript dark background, you know what I mean? To like make the CGI look okay. <laughs> That's just the thing I keep seeing in, in superhero movies and going, eh, okay. I honestly don't care about that kind of stuff very much. Like when it gets to the point where, you know, we've, we've said everything and now there's, you know, it's punchy fighty time. Mm-hmm. I don't usually care about the cinematography during punchy fighty time. Mm-hmm. I'm not mentally pausing to, 
I just want to see some cool moves and watch people hit each other for a second. I don't know. I want to see. I want to see it look good. I know. I don't care about punchy fighty time. I know. It's a thing we've disagreed on many times. I'm like, oh man, that action was fantastic. <laughs> Did you look at the choreography there? God, that was tight. And you're like, yeah, it just was one big wide frame bullshit. I don't care. Oh, you, oh, you heathen. By the way, you know my my wife is catching up on Arrow, mm-hmm. and um, I happened to be hanging out with her. And, uh, while she was doing that and she was watching, we were, I happened to actually pay attention to this one shot on arrow <laughs> and it's like arrow shoots, a, a an arrow or green arrow shoots an arrow into a dude's chest. Sure. Diggle grabs it out of his chest, shoots the dude, spins around, takes the arrow and shoves it into another dude's knee. <laughs> Then other stuff happens. The dude fumbles, and then like another guy comes over, and like I, I don't know, somebody else grab or maybe it was Air, Oliver grabs that arrow out of that dude's knee and shoves it into another dude's gut or something. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, you guys don't kill, but you're gonna give each other give all these people AIDS, <laughs> you know? Just like yanking arrows <laughs> out of one dude and running to another. Another guy's like, you don't know where that guy's been. There's not time yeah. for on-site testing. <laughs> It would be convenient if they could, like, walk up to a, a building of some kind and announce, hey, guys, uh, I, I'm sorry to announce that we're going to raid you in a few moments. But if you would like to come outside quickly, Felicity has designed an on-site AIDS test. We can make yeah. sure that we're, we're, we're not going to uh, maim you and accidentally kill you in the process. You just, just step right outside. We'll, you know, give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. It's... I just want that, like, FBI agent lady to be, like, pulling Oliver aside and being like, Jesus, save your green soul. Look at all the all these guys over here, the people you gave HIV to, yanking that arrow around. Just. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you expect the, the, like, response for him to be for that? Like, is there supposed to be, a, like, a Queen Industries henchman HIV fund or something? It's. I feel like I just want it addressed. <laughs> I'll address it he in just, so far as it will be addressed in general. They're bad just, guys you know, and we guy, stabbed them a lot till they stopped moving. Yeah, he could just sort of be like, oh, sorry. Like, I didn't think about it. Like, just shrug. That'd be funny. Like, I just want to point out how many people you gave HIV to, Oliver. You and Diggle. <laughs> just yanking your arrow out of the knees and shoving into people's chest. Yeah. Seems irresponsible, is all I'm saying. I don't think you're going to get that body count. Um. <laughs> all right. I see your point, technically, but mm, probably okay. not, not cool. going to be addressed. I know. So this is exciting, though. <laughs> Jeff Johns revealed a new Wonder Woman 2 logo on his Twitter account, and uh, Patty Jenkins made it her header image on her Twitter account as well. And um, this thing looks very 80s. There's lots of interlacing. On that picture, it says Wonder Woman 84. And I saw that, and I thought, like, 1984? Like, Orwell? Are they doing Wonder Woman versus Big Brother? That could be cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I, I I don't know what how I feel about Wonder Woman in the 80s, but uh, the logo is cool. I, I like the 80s. I like 80s stuff. Um, and by the way, Zack Snyder revealed that he and Deborah, his wife, are still producers on Wonder Woman 2. Yeah, I saw he that. Revealed too. that over on Vera. So, yeah, just letting everybody know. It's a good looking logo. Letting I like it more know. than I like most of the tracking issues in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. It looks like it's um. I don't know. 
Like it's like the my first thought was opening... like Cloverfield. Actually, I don't know why. Oh wow, yeah, I can see that. My first thought is like I saw it and I went, "That's a little like some 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 kind of like logo for like one of those shows, like uh, Unsolved Mysteries or a Current Affair or something." You know. Nice. <laughs> anyway, it, it it actually reminds me that I'm kind of excited about Glow season two. Oh yeah, I never actually got around to seeing the first one. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So we've got uh we've got some rumors here from Omega Underground and a couple other places. Looks like uh the rumor is saying that they're 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 gonna bring in Black Canary and Huntress into Birds of Prey. That would make sense to me. I would honestly hope they would if they're calling it Birds of Prey. I don't care if Harley Quinn is there. Harley Quinn can team up with those women all day. I want Huntress <laughs> and I want Black Canary and I want Batgirl. And if you gotta throw a Harley Quinn in there to make that work. I got to understand and I support it. <laughs> oh, there's not really a variation of this that I'm going to object to. Right. Omega Underground says they haven't seen any indication Poison Ivy's going to be in it, though, which is a little bit of a bummer. But, you know, I'm good. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm OK with all of them. Like, to me, Suicide Squad was a workable film. So you can throw in less people and still make it work. Mm hmm. Uh, so I <laughs> hell throw in Zatanna hey, while you're at it. I don't care, dude. That'd be great, right? We already had magic introduced. Well, kind of. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm good with everybody though. Like I'm, they're like, we're doing Birds of Prey. I'm like, cool. And then they're like, we're gonna put Booster Gold in it. I'm like, well, all right, <laughs> yeah. Let's see where that goes. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna use anyone else except Beast Boy. Sure, that sounds cool. Let's try that. Uh, Ava Duvernay. Gave us a little update on new ga- uh, new gades, <laughs> new gods. <laughs> well played. <laughs> new gades. What is new gades? Nah, that's what happened when they inevitably got too old and retired to the Florida Everglades. Yeah. Uh, so the new gods, she says, is in early development and feeling good. And then someone asked her how how it came about that she was uh, tasked with doing. The New Gods. And apparently, she just went to DC and said, hey, I want to make a New Gods movie. Then someone said, okay. (laughs) That is literally what she said. She says, I actually said, hey, guys, I want to make a New Gods movie. Then someone said, okay. I was unaware that that was a workable strategy. Let me rephrase what what you just heard. Hey, how the fuck (laughs) did you get that job? I asked. (laughs) I guess it um, works. You, right, you remember so. hearing stories about like Kevin Smith when he was just in the DC offices for a second, like walks by somebody who's like, Hey, if you want to make green arrow a hit again, I, I know how And he gets the chance right. and green arrow is a fucking hit again. Like, I don't know, man. Sometimes you just put yourself out there and say like, I've got a ballsy thing I want to do. And somebody's like, you know what? Try it. Yeah. Um, so this isn't real news, but I thought I'd bring it up because you and I are both uh, pretty big Nick Frost fans. Uh, someone asked him uh, if he would, well, actually, he said uh, at Nick Frost, uh, in my honest opinion, you'd absolutely crush it as Penguin and Matt Reeves' Batman. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to. Like, add, wah, wah. You have to add wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Um, Nick Frost responded and said, cool, I'm in. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it's just like the equivalent, the endorsement equivalent and the time equivalent of like, he was probably holding his dick in the other hand while he did that. That's the kind of thing you you. <laughs> that didn't go through a team of people. Uh huh. With any for he didn't talk to his manager. Like yeah, sure, sounds great. Flush. Yeah, I mean it's Twitter. No need to bring in the manager. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I'd like to see Nick Frost before, you know, Josh Gad. But I'm sure there's somebody else. Like Someone uh, proffered the notion of um, Andy Serkis playing the Penguin. And I got to say, dude's a bit tall. I don't give any shits. I would love to see Andy Serkis play the Penguin. I... (sighs) I know, I know it's, I know it's maybe a little arbitrary, but he kind of has to be a little undersized for me. That's the thing, though, is like he looks undersized. Like he looked undersized in Black Panther to me. Like I didn't know he was as tall as he is. Fair enough. And you know, if they shoot him at the right angle, he's not going to look tall. Fair enough. Actually, I uh, here'll be a fun thing for anyone who's watching sports right now. I'm not, but I heard this conversation and somebody was like, oh man, Steph Curry. God, I can't believe that tiny guy can, can play with these big dudes. And somebody was like, dude, he's six, <laughs> three. What are you talking about? And they pulled up like, it's like they pulled up like LeBron James and a bunch of other people. And it was like, dude, he looks small, but dude is six, <laughs> three. Oh Lord. <laughs> and he does. You look at Steph Curry compared to the people he plays. He does. He looks small. Yeah. I get it. It gets a little weird sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like if he walked into a room, <laughs> the average person, if he walked into a room would think, yep, he can take me. But mm-hmm. you look at him on a basketball court and you're like, can't believe how that guy, that short guy has so much finesse <laughs> that he can take on these giant men. Well, that's what people said about Conan for years is like that he was some tiny little dude. He's a giant. He, yeah. He's like six, four. Like yeah. people don't believe that he's that big because he doesn't look that big on television. I was going to go with seven, eight. Because at this point, I've seen him standing next to some people, and the memory was so ingrained. I'm like, yeah, he's uh, he's not real. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It's Jack the Pumpkin King with a red wig. Yeah. I don't understand. A ginger on stilts. I'm not sure. Maybe that's why his legs are always so wonderfully skinny. I don't know. But he's tall. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, over to Justice League. Justice League premieres on HBO July 7th, just to let everybody know. Uh, Zack Snyder had a couple of things to say about some Justice League stuff. Uh, Rufus Hewitt on Vero asked why Barry's lightning is blue rather than iconic yellow. And Zack said, I think that's just a highlight. It is yellow, which is weird because it certainly looked blue every time I saw it. I don't remember now. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, Adrian Polonis on, on Vero says, did you plan to make a new suit for Barry by the end of Justice League? Or was that just a rumor? Zack says new suit with Wayne tech. Then Landon O'Leary asked if there was a concept, if there was any concept art for the Wayne Tech suit lying around. Zach says, I wanted to give the Flash solo film director a chance to put his or her spin on it, so no. I like that. Yeah. All right, we're going to jump to some fan feedback. We've got a, a voicemail from, uh, from Wobbly Boots 85, Nathan over here. So uh, let's give that a go. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jason. It's Nathan, Wobbly Boots 85. I just wanted to call and congratulate Jason and the Winter Woman on their upcoming child. No, I'm just kidding. In all seriousness, Jason, it's going to be stressful. The first three months are the greatest, most beautiful time of your life, and it's also scary as shit. I'm not even going to lie to you. Scary as shit. But they're not as fragile as you think. You learn to run on fumes for sleep. Yeah, you'll make it, man. It's a beautiful thing. You'll never know a love of looking at something and instantly falling in love like you do with your own child. Uh, I just wanted to say, you sounded very nervous. It is scary. You should be nervous, but it's not that bad, man. You'll be just fine, I promise. And also, I just want to chime in on the whole Fiona thing. I totally agree with you, Dave. Like, 
If she's going to be the ambassador between Snyder and the fans, she's got to stop spearheading these hate campaigns against Jeff Johns and all that shit and just driving a fucking wedge between the rest of the goddamn fan base. That's not what the fuck we need. We need to come together on shit. I understand she gets a little passionate, and she didn't necessarily ask to be the one that's the middleman, but if you're going to be one, you got to be professional. Knock your fucking shit off. Go sit in the corner and take a timeout. That's not how we're going to get the Snyder Cut, is by attacking Jeff Johns and calling him everything in the fucking book, because he really does know more about these characters than probably all of us collectively put together. I, I understand, you know... You know, getting getting passionate, getting caught up in your emotion, that's fine. But fucking knock it off. Quit it. We don't need to be divided. We need to come together if we want that Snyder Cut, which I do believe does exist. I'm willing to pay for it, but I don't think we're going to get it anytime soon. We need to let it lie. Uh, I don't know, guys. Keep up the great show. Uh, Jason, you'll be just fine. Dave, keep on keeping on. See you, guys. <laughs> All right, that is pro. I think he cursed more in that voicemail than we have in like twenty episodes. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it was delightful, but <laughs> uh, I forget. I uh, I really appreciate. I'm still scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like he was like, "Hey, you shouldn't be scared," but that shit is scary. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the average person gets more encouragement when they get on a roller coaster. Uh huh. Oh, it's fine. I mean, I understand why you think it's it's fine. Blah 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 blah. Not. Oh, it's fine. You're gonna have a great time. It's gonna be a wonderful experience. You should be scared. Mm hmm. That. That. I do actually really appreciate the realistic uh, feedback on that, though. Just in general. Yeah. Like, oh, it's gonna be wonderful. Yeah. You'll look back on it. You'll enjoy it. But uh, yeah, uh, fright is natural. Yeah, I you know I'm pulling your leg, man, on the on the cursing thing, uh, but that was really nice of you to to send that in for Jason, and also thank you for saying you agree with me. You're the only person so far that's agreed with me. No one's even said anything else uh, to me about it, but uh, <laughs> but my little rant, my, your damn my little, sidebars, <laughs> my little Jeff Johns Fiona rant. But yeah, man, I I, I don't think we should be like destroying the fan base and being divisive and trying to attack people period yeah uh, let me know if you thought what i said was a good thing and if you agree with me and nathan just call into the show write in say hey man we stand behind you mm-hmm. it means a lot or if you think my spawn will in, in fact be dark side because he was killed recently and is in his infancy yes call in i could see it let jason know if his child is going to be dug. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore. Let's stop this. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit about the, <laughs> the TV series. If you're not caught up, if you don't want to follow us over, dconscreen.com, uh, every episode for free. And uh, we're also on iTunes. You can go subscribe on iTunes. And uh, let's go uh, over to DC TV properties. Some news. Gotham Season 5 is happening. Cameron Bikendova confirmed. But she says, we were picked up for 10 episodes, and I believe it will be airing in the U.S. January 2019. I think she said that on Instagram. But, um, you know, you were pointing out that that was like 98 episodes. Yep. But if they do like a two-hour premiere and a two-hour finale, that'll actually or wind up in syndication packages being hours, 100. they qualify for the, you know, the, the, I don't know, holy 100-episode count. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's probably what's going to happen. Like, I think they'll do a premiere, a two-hour premiere and a two-hour finale, I would imagine. Just, uh, I don't know. It's a good keep, guess. Keep, keep their night their night slots down. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I like it. We don't we don't want to give you thirteen nights. We'll give you ten. Nights with a K or <laughs> I'm only hoping for one. <laughs> yeah. Uh we have we, like we have a good guest record right now with uh with Gotham. I'm hoping I I, mm-hmm. I like I like that prediction too. Mm-hmm. So um we're we are gonna talk about Lucifer a little bit, but we're gonna talk about it at the end of the show. <laughs> so you can totally bail before that if you want to. Absolutely. We're going to talk a little bit about Lucifer mm-hmm. at the end of the show. Um, let's see. Legends of Tomorrow. Um, so it was reported yesterday that Wally West is not going to be a regular on Legends or The Flash this year. Everybody's like, what? So over on Twitter, uh, Kenyon Lonsdale wrote, Yo, so as a lot of you have now read, I'm not returning next season as a series regular for the Flash or Legends. It's definitely not a total goodbye or see you never situation because Wally West will still be around when you need him the most. It's just that it won't be full time anymore. I've changed a lot in the past year, as you've probably noticed. LOL. I haven't because I don't follow his Twitter. Mm-hmm. And for infinite reasons, my perspective on life and what I want from it now is just completely different. Because of that, my heart told me it was time to continue my journey on an unknown path. And I'm so damn grateful to both shows for honoring and respecting that with me. I love Kid Flash. I love the family I've made. And I'm absolutely in love with the invaluable lessons I've learned along the way. Thank you for believing in and rooting for Wally to thrive. You honestly helped me see that I did indeed deserve to play him. And that shit right there made me a stronger actor. Anyway, I hope to see you around for the new adventures. The only thing I can promise is magic. So that's what's going on. He needs to find another path or something. An unknown path. Continue a journey. Something about a way and a light. He's not really gone as long as we remember him. Oh, wait, no, that's Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I was thinking an 80s song, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what's happening. Sad to see him go. Thought I'd, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I like him. I, I liked him as a series regular on yeah. Legends. It- By the way, me not following him on Twitter, that's not a slight. I just can't follow all these folks that play characters on these shows. Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on with his personal life. I just can't do it. It does kind of sound like he's got either something on the back burner or, I don't know, he's just maybe kind of young and wants to play around and explore. I I don't know. Whatever. He's he's got some stuff going on. Sounds like he's positive about it. Good for him. He did say magic at the end of that. Yeah, with a a capital M. Yeah, there's some some magic happening. He's doing like a... You think he's doing like a thing where he's like, uh, he's in an adaptation of the popular card game Magic? No. no I think, we, think he's in the Magic Mike sequel? No, I think we have some stuff coming our way. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so that hashtag show has has described a role for the upcoming Titans. The character is being referred to as David. He is a 20s-something Caucasian male with dark hair, who would guest star in the 13th episode, which is the season one finale. David, let me let me ask, let me ask you if this sounds familiar to you, Jason. <laughs> David is described as a powerful individual who is merciless, so much so that he has recently unleashed chaos to the people who have been keeping David as a prisoner in a mysterious lab. When we find David, he will have recently escaped this lab. Whoever we see in the role would have a series regular option for consecutive seasons of Titans. <laughs> I, you know, I couldn't, just, I couldn't think of anybody that that. 
a live action version of Young Justice comes to mind. Mayhap. I may have seen possibly a flash a, of a Superman symbol. Possibly a Superboy. An Uber Youngling. An Uber Youngling, yeah. <laughs> so that's exciting. This is weird. And I'm not going to get too much into what they said. Uber kid, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Omega Underground posted something. It's been taken down. I don't want to get into the spoilers for it. Uh, it is something that hasn't been released. It was a cyborg audition tape for Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. And they did actually did. The article went into some uh, specifics about uh, plot points and whatnot. And I'm not getting into that. But what did what was interesting... Um, is that apparently it had a lot of, there were a lot of F-bombs dropped in the script. There were lots of, there were lots of profanities, like R-rated profanities. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be like a, you know, a streaming, a streaming show, you know. And maybe that, that might work really, I I doubt it's going to, I seriously doubt they're going to do that with Titans, but Doom Patrol is a different beast. They could really like plow ahead, ramp they Full really might want to cross those yeah. over at some point. I mean, I think they're going to have to. Doom Patrol is spinning off directly from Titans. I mean, yeah. But I, the tone, it's hard to imagine it being that different. Right? Well, yeah, I'll say that. That's but why I bring we, it up. I want to like know what you Arrow think. Flash universe, so whatever. Well, I mean, you know, that's one thing. But. Also, are we just talking about like a leaked audition tape? Yeah. Uh, Did we ever I see, see a script attached it to it? No. I don't think so. Could it be an ad lib? It might be an ad lib, but I think there were like three different actors auditioning for the role and they were all F-bombing. Everyone was all fucky. Okay. That's, that's what I understood. That's what I understood from what I read. Uh, you know, I might be wrong. I might mm. not have read it as closely as I wish I had. Later, it might come out that I skimmed. I don't know. Honestly, but- as a uh, <laughs> guy in his 30s who could give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm fine. And... Mm-hmm. There's I, I did skim a bit because of... I didn't want to know things about the show. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, okay. F-bombs. <laughs> ah, gotcha. <laughs> Let me pull back just a tiny bit. Save a small amount of wonder for myself. <laughs> but yeah, like, that you could you could kind of have a show that's got a new stream. Like, if some of the stuff that's been rumbling around were like, yeah, the DC Streaming is trying to get the back catalog of a lot of the shows that they did. You could do that and still have it error on kind of this network they're creating where, like, you, you have new, more adult content. Mm-hmm. You can have the best of both worlds. You could even write it in such that, like, each show has a password. Mm-hmm. Never seen it done, but I'm willing to bet it's possible. That could be cool. You can uh, probably put, seriously, I'm speculating, but you could probably put, like, parental, uh, like parental controls on, hey, you can watch... I mean, the animated series all day on this thing. You just click here and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But then you can't get to mm. Teen Titans or Titans, whatever they're calling it. Yeah. Right. No Doom Patrol for you, but the <laughs> Batman all day. Right. All right. So um, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Doom Patrol. I don't know if they're going to have it to be like more of an R-rated situation. It would certainly be uh, an interesting take when you consider like the Marvel Netflix shows and how dark and gritty they are, but they don't. They don't go. They don't cross that line. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just curious to see what they're gonna do. Um, this is their world, man. Absolutely. We're gonna pay for it. No one's censoring them. Yep. 
Uh, we have some interesting news about Teen Titans, the old cartoon, the old animated series that everyone's mm-hmm. been like, hey, why don't they do that? We don't like Teen Titans Go. <laughs> um, Tara Strong just put out on Twitter, wow, just so y'all know, at a movie session today, they told us that if the Teen Titans Go movie kicks all butts, they would do our show at the same time as season six for reals. Go see it, even if you hate us. <laughs> wow. Like, that's rough to pin, like, oh, you don't like, you don't like Teen Titans Go? Even you if want you're a hater, Teen Titans? please go support well, this. You'll if get you, both, uh, I promise. Which I don't know why anybody would be a hater. Like, I, I can understand if, like, you wanted to see how Teen Titans ended and instead you got Teen Titans Go because they're just, aside from having the voice cast, they are just different. They're completely different in tone. It's a different but, um, show, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for absolutely. But I still laugh at it. Like, have you have, have you seen like the one where they're like all super serious and they like animated it, where they're like all like super rigid and they all have like these like anger pain faces and, dude, it is so funny. Like, they're like everyone said that we were too we were too silly, so now we're super serious and <laughs> everyone's like, it's all like really long like panning shots of them like being tortured like sitting in a seat and like anguishing over something i don't know who i am <laughs> you know it's so funny i no, i haven't seen it i like the premise though <laughs> i might just find that clip and send it to you it makes they fun even, of like, itself i enjoy that yeah they even interact with uh the the young justice they they interact with aqualad and superboy and it, they look like the characters from young justice <laughs> they're like i mean i know you guys like we we came to bail you guys out because we didn't think you could handle this because you don't take anything seriously but it really looks like you're taking things way too seriously now how are you to say we're too serious ah it was so good like <laughs> So stupid and amazing. <laughs> anyway, we've got one more voicemail from Jordan Valdez. I uh, I did want to save this one to last because it gets a little spoilery into the comic books. And uh, I know a lot of our listeners aren't caught up on the comics. It didn't get too spoilery, so it didn't like ruin things for you. Uh, me, I kind of stay abreast of uh, many things in the comics because I know I'm not going to get to them for a while. I'm going to be like, oh, hey, here's that giant version of a thing that i need to read all right i'll get that now it's been only been 10 years right <laughs> i've forgotten but, most yeah. of the spoilers i read oh, let's do this yep so uh jordan valdez of the uh multiverse musings podcast here is his voicemail for you to enjoy go man go hey there david jason this is that jordan valdez calling back uh in response to your response to my last voicemail First off, I just want to say a big congratulations to Jason. Uh, that's awesome news, man. Congratulations. I'm real happy for you. Um, just getting into my thoughts on your response to, yeah, my last voicemail. Uh, David was absolutely right. Yeah, this wedding is honestly one of the most exciting events for me in the history of my Batman. Uh, my excitement level is through the roof. Like, seeing my OTP finally tie the knot, I, I really couldn't be happier. So much of Tom King's run has been a dream come true for me as a as a huge fat cat shipper and I just it, it's it, it's been it's been amazing and I, I just can't wait for issue number 50 in terms of whether I have trepidation or not I really don't honestly and here's why one King has shown over the course of his run that he seems to be a huge fat cat shipper just like I am 
And he, not only that, but he said that the focus of his, his entire run is the back-cat relationship. So I really don't see him doing anything, you know, to jeopardize that. Certainly not 50 issues in, but I really do think, I mean, just look at Batman, Batman Annual Number 2. I really think he sees them as endgame. So I, I really am not worried um, at all. Uh, obviously, we know the Joker is going to try to sabotage the wedding, which we saw the beginning of in Batman number 48, which came out today. No spoilers, but I'll just say, Jason, if you thought the Joker was terrifying in DC Nation number zero, just wait till you read this, because, oh my, or, or unless you have already, because um, it just, King King is killing it writing Joker, and it just got even more scary. But Catwoman's going to kick his butt, which I can't wait for. She's going to save the love of her life from his, from his greatest enemy, and then hopefully the wedding can go through smoothly in issue number 50, and that can be another beautiful love letter to the Bat-Cat relationship. I'm so excited. Bat-Cat forever from the first kiss to the last. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. All right. So what do you think, man? You think, uh, do you have a slightly different take on it now? Do you think maybe uh, King won't kill the cat? Mm, I'm still 50-50 on that one, man. Apparently he's only 50, 50 issues into his run, so... Mm-hmm. What I do know I is uh, he's absolutely right. He's killing it as uh, a, a, like a Joker writer right now. Yeah. Oh man, I've heard so many people say that Tom King is just not not for them. You know. He well, all right. One, he's right. The Joker in that zero issue scary as mm-hmm. balls. And I, I mean, I have uh, it's a variant cover, but I have Batman Forty Eight sitting in front of me right now. And as soon as we're done, and I'm I'm done with my part of the editing, <laughs> shit's getting red. <laughs> I've seen some cool artwork from it, and it's made me want to read it. But yeah. it's happening. It's it. Yeah, it's 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 scary. Like it. He's doing a good job with it right now. I, I'm excited. Also, right. thank you for the well wishes. I'm super scared, obviously. <laughs> but you know, I forgot about that part of it. Oh, yeah. It's uh again what I feel is the rational response to the situation in hand. You know, we've gotten we've gotten a lot of comments, a lot of well wishes from our listeners. I just feel like our listeners, with their comments and their calls and their positive vibes, if that's a thing you you buy into, I don't. I know you don't. <laughs> that's not a thing you buy into at two thirty-five in the morning when you're woken up. <laughs> you don't give a damn about the positive vibes. <laughs> All you're worried about is you woke up forty-three minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of our comments and, and positive vibes and everything could just like rest upon your shoulders like a warm blanket. Yeah. You know? Unfortunately, you won't be able to go to sleep with that warm blanket. No. Because of the screaming and the pooping. I know. I, so <laughs> much pooping. <laughs> yeah. My my fear is uh, overriding my actual appreciation. <laughs> I do actually appreciate <laughs> the attempts at condolences. <laughs> but... But my uh, my my fear and my anxiety are winning. Mm-hmm. I am It'll positive. Be fine. I'm, I'm positive, but that takes a little bit of fortitude for me. So, I, in that sense, I really do appreciate the uh, the positive comments. Yeah, it, it takes some planning for me to feel positively about a situation that I know will be very taxing. Yeah, and you know, if I'm still doing this show whenever I uh, begin my journey into fatherhood, <laughs> if and when that takes place. Just know that none of your none of your comments will make me feel better about it. There will it's be no planning. There will be no planning on my end to to feel. But I can't do that. Just, I'll just be go sitting ahead and here. Skip right to giving Dave comments about how to secretly drink at night. 
the amount you um, can drink before someone notices. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, all the surreptitious tricks, you know? Right. Uh, I, you One know. of the best ways to avoid alimony and or child support. <laughs> Some say remember the Alamo. <laughs> I remember the Alamo. Just write in with the real tricks immediately. <laughs> But yeah, no, I you know I'm I'm just gonna be a nervous wreck until that kid is out of the house. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it's not even gonna be a thing of like you know, yay, the kid's out of the house, I can relax now. It's gonna be like, oh man, what do I do with myself now? There's no kid in the house. <laughs> There's nothing for me to worry about. So now it's time for me to turn inward and start worrying about my health again, and have panic attacks about you know fictitious lumps I find in my thigh or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have, like, panic attacks about having hypertension stage 3. Yeah. Which doesn't exist, but might by the time they're through. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyway, you know what? I'm I'm super I'm super excited for Jordan, and I love that the Bat-Cat thing is happening. I do. And, uh, I do think he's right. I'm not sure they're going to actually, you know, I a hope lot of not. speculation. I don't think they're going to, like, off Selena here, man. I don't. I don't think it's. A, no, uh, they'll do what they always do. Like mo- <laughs> they, 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 they marry him up, then they reboot the canon. You know. Yeah. Oops. Which I was, I was proud of him for bringing Lois and Superman into the current canon. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. That was a that was a relationship I really stood by. Big fan of Lois and Clark. Uh, really liked a lot of uh, stuff Jeff Loeb was writing back in those days with Lois and Clark. Thought it was solid. I'm gonna stop talking about it. I'm a bat cat shipper myself, though, Jordan. Just not as ardently. Low key, you might say. <laughs> and only certain bat cats. Like I don't want I don't want Bruce and and like Batman Returns Catwoman. She was she was a little crazy. And Long he was Halloween? a little pissy. What? Long Halloween? <laughs> I'm talking about Batman Returns with Michelle Pfeiffer and Oh I know. I'm just I'm just wondering. I agree with you on that one. I'm just wondering. About Long Halloween? Yeah. It was all right. Like I don't, you know, begrudge it or anything, but that's honestly not the f- nearly the first thing I think of when I think of Long Halloween. You know, fair enough. <laughs> I don't. I just nah, whatever. Nah, that's fine. Oh, that happened too. Cool. Like oh yeah, that really was in my head. What what I was like. Oh yeah. Okay. I forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened in that book. It was. It was a lot. You know, I wouldn't even mind if they did like a, uh, it might be a little weird, you know, but uh, I like the old golden age thing where like the old golden age version where Bruce and uh, and uh, Selena get married and uh, have the huntress. You oh, know? yeah. That's a lot of fun. So, I, you know, I'm pretty much, I'm down to clown on, on any of these versions pretty much. I'll check it out. I'll see it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So anyway, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to stop talking DC off screen. <laughs> yeah show's over go home now we're gonna actually talk about lucifer after the credits because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just push it off to the after the credits right. and um or at least after the little like musical thing here as we're stopping talking mm-hmm. but if you uh if you want to help us out go subscribe to us on itunes leave us a good review if you like us if you really want to help us and uh Send us a voicemail, 205-259-6331. Facebook group, what was it called again? This has to be DC On Screen Podcast. 
facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash DC on screen podcast, not DC on screen for the group because as mentioned, whole different thing, whole different thing. Uh, I almost saw labia on there the last time I checked. Ah, it was yes. disconcerting. Of course. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't even attached to anything. It was just bizarre. Anyway, <laughs> just floating. a free-floating labia. <laughs> out in the ether. Um, out in the ether. <laughs> Majora or Minora? <laughs> ah, you know, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Until next time. Guys, keep some DC on your screen. They're both just as frightening when they're disembodied. (laughs) 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 What's the constellation? Ah, Lady Majora. (laughs) (laughs) All right. She's All been right. floating there for 50 years. <laughs> we have no idea right. what her uh, orbital pattern is. All right. So, okay. It's t- we, we need to talk about Lucifer a little bit. Okay. As we've seen these two episodes. <laughs> By the way, if uh, anyone's still listening. Sorry. And, they, and they're and they a fan of Lucifer. Um, over on comicbook.com, they, no shit, interviewed the producers about every single episode of Lucifer. So you can go in there and like look at a little slideshow of like commentary about every episode of Lucifer. I looked at the first two and thought this is asinine. I, I can't do this. <laughs> I've got to move on with my life. <laughs> but we did watch those like uh, two Olivia, bonus floating episodes. Floating through the constellation. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. So yeah, we we watched those the the two <laughs> the Lucifer F. <laughs> We watched the two Lucifer episodes that were supposed to air. They were sitting on the shelf. They're supposed yeah. to air uh, next year. Yeah. And um, for those people who are going, hey, what what was Chloe's reaction to Lucifer? The producers did did confirm that these two episodes happened after uh, in the timeline. Did happen after the 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 big reveal in the quote unquote series finale. So shocker. Uh, Chloe and Lucifer are working together, and uh, Chloe has seen some weird things, she tells Ella. <laughs> Maze is a bounty hunter, so status Dan quo. Is yeah. more like the like big bad in season one than he is Dan? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I mean... In the uh, that was in the in in the little alternate reality episode, which by, by the way... Oh, that was, sorry. M- maybe one of my favorite episodes of all time. Neil Gaiman killed it. He obviously played God. He showed his little alternate universe, and he says, you know, would they have still wound up together or whatever? I think that kind of says, hey, they wound up together. Um, so, I I know it's not the way you wanted it, Lucifer fans, mm-hmm. but if this is all you get, if it never gets picked up by anybody else, they did kind of, like, they saved you a few episodes in between with this cancellation is what happened. Because Chloe <laughs> was going to be like, ah... And then, like, we've basically seen Chloe's reaction through Linda earlier in the series. Like, she's kind of like, I don't know, for a few episodes. And then, like, they slowly get back to, okay, you're the devil. That's right. I never lied to you. I think I'm good with that. I think I don't need any more Lucifer. They kind of just jumped over the stuff I didn't need. And we saw the reconciliation. And I went, oh, okay. I mean, I like the point where, like, the, the, the skeleton of the show, which is the will they, won't they, and what will happen. You mm-hmm. kind of get that 
And you even get your take on it is you even get like, what if God fucked with this? And they still end up, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty happy with each other. But it robs us of a lot of things like we don't have time with, you know, Lyndon Mays, Lyndon Amenadil, uh, Mays and Trixie. Uh, They're just a ton of relationships that you don't get to see real closure on because the finale ended as though they were going to get to do this again for another season. Like I get, yeah. I get your point and I appreciate it, but I still think that like the idea that these producers thought that this served as like, like that this was going to follow what they were doing proves they were absolutely wrong about how the show should be run. Mm-hmm. It has been losing viewers for and I mean by the millions. It's it. I think it started. At, oh God. I think it was. I think it started at like around nine, ten, maybe. Was it ten? Yeah. It, I it was high. <laughs> I think by the end of it, we're we're still talking about like four and a half, five. But the I don't last... know what it was. I don't know what it was in actual ratings versus ratings plus. I know. You know, I know, I know. seven plus well, yeah, and like seven plus and all, and all that and streaming. That is an obvious. Like asterisk to the what I'm saying, but if all you're measuring over several years is that, it's still a decent indication. Mm-hmm. And it has been dropping, which is the thing that TV shows do. I'm not every TV show, everyone almost <laughs> like begins with this high mark, immediately drops down a little bit, and then gradually goes down. Like that mm-hmm. is how ratings work, man. Yeah. So I I, I get it, but. It's still, they said, oh, we, sorry, we, uh, we, we ended up with the cliffhanger because we, we thought that would make them renew it. That's the most naive thing I've ever heard. And then doubling down with the next episode's only reference to that is, yeah, I've seen some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was Freaking incompetent. You know. Like, what the hell did you think was going to happen? <laughs> I think they thought we've got two more on the shelf. There's like no way they're going to throw those out, which they didn't. But they didn't. But you know, I I get a feeling that Amina deal with his realization that he could do that. Like it was all about like since you could if you go to hell and you put yourself there because of your own guilt that he could become an angel again at any time. I, I kind of feel like he's going to the Silver City, man. He's not hanging out with Linda, and Linda, you know, with that talk with Maze, kind of seemed like they patch their shit up you know no no you're linda and all you've done (laughs) all you've done for this season is fall in love with aminadil you know Uh who he is there's no mystery to it suddenly he just goes and in the process of that you've had this triangle with 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 maze where like you're trying to rebuild your friendship there and in the course of that maze comes back great well the next episode there should be some conversation about how aminadil has gone Mm-hmm. Like if he comes back and explains to her, "Hey, uh, I'm in heaven. You're doing a great thing here. You're gonna be fine. We're gonna see each other soon. Don't worry about it." Mm-hmm. That's one thing. If you leave it right here, it's just—I mean, it's nothing. It's—it's—it's it's, it's truly nothing. Like there's there's no reward to that relationship. Oh, I agree. You built something, and then you just kicked the fucking sandcastle over, man. I agree, but I'm also sitting here as a person who watched three seasons of a thing, and and I don't have a satisfactory ending. And what I do have proves to me that they were just going to keep going along the same bullshit path of status quo. Yeah, that's the major takeaway. So I could either bemoan the fact that I don't know exactly what happened with Amina Deal and Linda, 
or I could go, hey, it looked like, you know, Linda and Mays patched their shit up and whether, you know, she gets back with a Mina deal or not is, you know, immaterial because, you know, she's a strong, empowered therapist lady and uh, is awesome and Amina deal is a freaking angel who figured his shit out and goodbye. We're done. Yeah. We don't, they don't need each other. That's awesome. <laughs> Especially if they're just going to end up in the same like cyclical bullshit that everybody else on the show winds up in. <sighs> We'd normally call I'm just it trying to be cannon. happy, man. I understand. <laughs> I understand. It's, it's head cannon, and I'm not even judging you for it. Like we, Come on, man. We like there have been moments where we enjoy the show, but for the most part, this show was taxing as fuck to watch because mm-hmm. it was. And by that, he means that you can literally just sit and do your taxes to it because you know nothing's really happening. Seriously, it was the show that like I would leave on in the background because I needed to watch it, but nothing would happen. Like in the first couple minutes, something might happen. And if something huge happened, it might trigger me to the idea that there was going to be like a celestial com- component to the show and maybe I'll mm-hmm. pay attention. But if that didn't happen, you just kind of waited about, I don't know, 35, 37 minutes. And then you waited to see if there was going to be some serial component to the show. Yeah. Like the LS standalone, I did enjoy the, the reveal that Azrael was, that Ray Ray was Azrael. That was, that was really cool. Um, that was great. I, I, but, oh, I even like, I the, love this. I like her. I, I like her from house. So that amused me in general. I'm not a huge fan, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like when they did stuff like that, they did it well. Like I, my favorite episode of Lucifer period that beyond the shadow of a doubt is the episode that goes into Linda's past with her ex-husband and his like hell loop. That was phenomenal, but it was going to be that or Gabriel. Not, yeah. More often than not, I'm, you know, doing something else in the background. And the thing that I really enjoy about the show is like the, or the jokes, but like I can hear it being teed up long before Tom Ellis snarkily says, you know, something about his dick. Oh yeah, you can tune and, in. And <laughs> I don't even laugh at the punchline because I've already laughed inside of my own head. Like, yeah, nah, nah, they're doing a dick joke, and oh, it's, oh, it's and slightly it's different, joke. but yep. I knew it. Yep, Good. <laughs> I get it. I know what I know what the show's about. Got an appropriate non discrotum. Gotcha. Cool. I'm like I'm not sure why millennia old, uh, millennia old. Uh, creature like lucifer doesn't understand philosophy 101 type shit but whatever i don't whatever this that's not what the show is it's not you know proper neil gaiman uh might carry stuff it's just it's just not right it's a mainstream jaunt through i don't know some sort of spiritual what you said some kind of theology slash yeah theologically slash philosophy 101 i mean yeah it's <laughs> i can't piece together that sentence for some reason but Anyway, uh, yeah, I just I thought it was interesting enough to to talk about like at the end of the show, at the end of an of an episode. So I don't want to do another Lucifer series finale. No, I do not. Episode. I'm sorry. No. Anyway, you good on it? Yeah, I'm good. If we All see right. it again, ugh, we'll see. I, we're not gonna see it again. I'm just saying it right now. We're not gonna see that show again. You know, some people are pulling pretty hard for Tom Ellis to show up on Legends with Constantine. I would really love that because it would validate the time we spent with it. Me too. Plus, I think they would be a lot of fun together. Oh, they would. There'd be a lot of like, uh, you know, Lucifer was a good shag kind of jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, see you guys later. 
Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by F.E. Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Hey, the Easter basket's ready. Why is there ham in the Easter basket? Uh, actually, it's cooked spiral sliced half ham. I got them at Meyer for just 87 cents per pound, and there's a limit of two. Who wouldn't want it in their Easter basket? What about the toys? Oh, right, the toys. I found so many great toys in the Easter toy book at Meyer.com. I just ordered some with Meyer Home Delivery for only a $4.95 delivery fee. Delicious ham and fun new toys. What more could you ask for? Fill your baskets this Easter at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app.